0: ¡Ay, yo! very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m., and then uh, we repeat the program on those same days at 10 o'clock. Of course, Fridays, as she will tomorrow, uh, Cheryl will join me here at 4 o'clock for two hours of Friday Live. Uh, And I'm praying you're having a blessed day on this April 23rd. Uh, 2020, the oddest of times in which we live, and um, hopefully things are getting better, you know, looking up a little bit, maybe, people's outlook, Uh, the numbers you're reading. I just just read that they, I guess, these antibody studies they're doing in New York City, finding out that possibly 3 million people in New York have already had the virus. (laughs) Anyway, we'll keep praying for that, and good news I'm going to share with you um, from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, regarding that. But let's first pray uh, today. Of course, Thursday, Catechism Day. I thought we'd go to the Catechism uh, a little later on and uh, go to the section of the Catechism. We started this way way back in Lent, and of course, everything got everything got uh, sidetracked a bit. I guess um, talking about the uh, uh, Our Lord's life here on Earth and. Um, I thought we'd go to the section where it talked about, it's from the Creed, uh, that he rose on the third day, and uh, just talk about the resurrection, Christmas, it is Easter season, and what the catechism teaches about that, and also then his ascension into heaven. So we'll get there. But before we do that, again, I'm inviting you now to join me and all of our family from across our very wide listening areas around the world. Uh, through all the technology that's at our disposal here, and that we are so blessed to be able to use every day to proclaim the good news to the entire world as our Lord commissioned us, and um, praying in a special way for all of your needs. We're praying the prayer that Holy Father Pope Francis composed uh, for the, the uh, world against the coronavirus, so we'll pray that prayer, but also for all of your intentions, whatever they are. Now, we did receive one by a text today, Uh, Again, this um, uh, parent, I'm assuming a mom, uh, asks for prayer for her daughter, uh, you know, being away from school and isolated, um, getting kind of lonely, and her friends aren't texting or calling her, so we'll pray for that uh, young person. And all of your needs, my friends, whatever they are, in a special way, we raise them up now as family uh, to our Heavenly Father, and let's begin, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And this is the prayer that Pope Francis uh, composed uh, for the world to pray for protection against the coronavirus. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did it, Cana of Galilee joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial help us mother of divine love to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us he who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection we seek refuge under your protection O Holy Mother of God do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And Holy Father also asked the people of God to pray these two prayers to uh, St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother, again to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, as always, my friends, I encourage you to please send us your prayer requests. You, know, you can always text them to me here, and I, I do te- check, check the texts <laughs> every day. Um, not frequently, but at least once or twice a day, I'll go and check what kind of text messages we've received. And our text to number is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. If you have any questions or comments or prayers, uh, I'll be happy to take a look at that. 609-493-8255. Um, good news, uh, I saw last night, um, before we get to our, uh, our reading from the Acts of the Apostles, um, that... I'll get the little letter out here that I found online from um, Archbishop uh, Jose Gomez from Los Angeles, who's the president of the uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Uh, Apparently, the uh, Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops had decided that during the month of May, uh, in a special way, um, the entire Church, you know, seeks intercession from our Blessed Mother— uh, the Canadian bishops, um, given the current situation we find ourselves in, uh, are planning f- to consecrate Canada to the care of Blessed Mother on May 1st, which, as you know, is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And um, Archbishop Gomez talked to some leadership within the uh, Canadian um, Conference as well as the Executive Committee of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and affirmed that they too, then, now, will consecrate the United States to Our Blessed Mother on that day, re-consecrate uh, to Our Blessed Mother on that day, under the title Mary, Mother of the Church. So, both the Canadian bishops and the United States bishops, on May 1st, will consecrate— these two countries, to and Our Lady, under the title of Our Lady Mary, Mother of the Church. Um, it's going to be done at noon Pacific time, which is three o'clock our time here on the East Coast. And so that's a very, very important um, effort ma- being made by uh, both the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops and the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, and Bishop Gomez, of course, inviting all the bishops to join him at that same hour around the country. The bishops of this country are at that same hour, it's it's noon uh, Pacific time, 3 o'clock, the hour of mercy here uh, on May 1st. And um, so we'll hear more about this because he's instructing the communication departments of all the dioceses within the country to uh, start— um, getting this out there and making it aware to Catholic News Services and just plain old folk like us. So uh, that is exciting because, you know, you can <laughs> uh, do all the things that, that we're doing, and we should be following the government guidelines. We say, that, say it every day. But, you know, the power of our Blessed Mother's intercession, as, Saint, as uh, Pope Francis praise in that prayer we pray every day you know just as she did at cana of galilee uh, to go and seek her son's intercession and we know you know we have to believe in the power of god's hand we have to believe that uh this uh, this virus is certainly no more powerful than almighty god and that we all are i think are at a point now where and it's interesting that may 1st you know of course a number of things may 1st is the feast day of saint joseph the worker in fact you can make, you start making your novena today to St. Joseph the Worker, working up to that feast day. So, May 1st. May 1st is also the day that was set as a deadline to get back to normal uh, you know, earlier this month. Um, I don't know how that's still being worked out. The president and his task force have, have put out a, a three phase uh, guideline to work back to that. But then you hear that, like I was just said, I was I was reading an article earlier today. They were doing these antibody tests in New York sample, you know, a sampling of a thousand people, which then can give them a broader uh, um, understanding of the, the the results of this study, which say that close to three million New Yorkers have already had the coronavirus, coronavirus without most of them not even knowing it. We know it's very dangerous and very contagious, and it, of course, it has you know its worst effects on those who are in the most vulnerable under, with underlying conditions, other 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 conditions like heart disease or asthma or lung disease. Um, but if you go by that and say that you know close to three million New Yorkers have already had it, the, the death the mortality rate really drops because so many more people had it. Uh, the same number of people have passed away, uh, and God rest their souls. But more people have had it than they than they first believed. So, the whole situation is 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 mind boggling, really. You know, um, and I know if if you're like Cheryl and me, you're at a point where say, okay, we're into this this isolation routine, which right now is necessary, I suppose. But um, we all want to get back to you know normal way of life again. And you can do all the studies and all the numbers and all the, all the therapies and all the medicines, but prayer is the key. And so thank you to the bishops who are now going to reconsecrate our country to the Blessed Mother under the title of Mary, Mother of the Church, on May 1st at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Now, um, I've not been in touch yet with Bishop O'Connell, our bishop here in Trenton, who hosts his monthly program on the first Friday of each month, and that will be May 1st, at 3 o'clock. So I'll reach out to the bishop after the program and see if uh, what his uh, thoughts and plans are. Um, it might be nice, and I'll suggest it, and hoping that you know, he doesn't have to come here. If he doesn't want to go outside, he can certainly do the program by phone. But it uh, be nice to do the consecration right here at 3 o'clock, right? Um, be a beautiful, beautiful gesture. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that. Let's go to the Acts of the Apostles today. Again, we've been doing this throughout the Easter season. And oh, how I love the Acts! It's it's uh, you know throughout this entire beautiful Easter season, our first reading of Mass each day is from the Acts of the Apostles, and this today is from uh, Acts chapter five, verses twenty-seven through thirty-three. Now you remember yesterday we read how. The apostles were imprisoned, and uh, then the angel came and let them, let them go, and they went back out preaching again. So we kind of pick it up from there, and Acts 5, verses 27 through 33, begin by saying, "...when the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them. We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name?" Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things, as is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they became infuriated and wanted to put them to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And again, we see, and we see throughout, uh, and we'll see throughout this Easter season as we read and hear and listen to the uh, Mass readings, the Acts of the Apostles, the first reading, that the Apostles led the Christians in their great boldness. They, They weren't afraid. They were fearless. And when the Authorities in the Sanhedrin say, We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us, Peter and the apostles. Then You have to pay careful attention to that because it, again, just reaffirms Peter's authority given to him by Christ. The keys to the kingdom scripture says but Peter and the Apostles that like today saying the Holy Father and the bishops the Holy Father and the magisterium Peter and the Apostles said we must obey God rather than men and in our world today my friends that phrase that line that response that reply from Peter and the apostles to the authorities of the day should be the same response we live our lives by, because men, the world, secularists, humanists, all those individuals who are running the world will maybe oftentimes try to get us to do and say things that are contrary to our beliefs. And we are to respond... We will obey God, not men. Doesn't mean we don't obey authority. Okay? We know that any authority that anybody has in the world today, as Jesus said to Pilate himself, you would have no authority if my Father hadn't given it to you. The fourth commandment requires that we obey authority over us. But when it comes to that authority abusing its power, or that authority uh, um, saying that we should do certain things or live certain ways that are contrary to our values, our moral values, or that go against our conscience, our good, well formed Catholic conscience. We have to object. And so we have to say and, and echo those same words that Peter and the apostles said to the Sanhedrin. We are going to obey God, not men. And a lot of people today don't want to hear that. They, they don't want to hear that. You know? Especially if, as a Catholic, you're trying to live a, a good, authentic uh, Catholic life and obeying the tenets of the, tenets of the faith and, and understanding them and living them and preaching them. Well, they certainly, in many ways, are contrary to the way the world would have us live, aren't they? Uh, you know, trying to get us to accept that two people of the same sex can get married, when we know that by its very definition, marriage is between one man and one woman, not between two people of the same sex. That's not marriage. No matter what the men of the land say, and the women because there are some women on the Supreme Court who decided that as well. Same thing with abortion. You know, I remember when that when when, a, when the abortion law was first passed, back in 1973, I was I was a, a, a senior in high school. January, 22nd of 1973, the same day that President Lyndon Johnson died. But the the rationale. Behind the decision of the Roe v. Wade court decision was that the abortions were to be performed in the first three months of the pregnancy because the fetus was not viable outside the mother's womb at that point, and it really specified that emphasized the first three months, and look what it's what it's evolved into. But people of faith know that conception begins, rather, life begins at the moment of conception. Regardless of what men say, it's what God says, and we can go down the line, down the list of all the things that have, you know, you, you go back to um, the nineteen forties and fifties and, and the way of life then, and what was acceptable and not acceptable, and you know, the, the moral. My attitude of the country of the world was a lot different you know Lucy and Ricky couldn't even be in the same bed on television I mean they were they were married in real life <laughs> you know on I love Lucy there was such a strict code of, of, of morality and ethics back in the 1930s you know when they were making all these um, gangster pictures there was something called the Hayes Commission that was set up to monitor films, motion pictures, that good always had to overcome evil in the films. Did you know that? That the gangster in the end of the of those films, or Jimmy Cagney and, and uh, those other gangster characters, would have to be done in in the end. They would have to have uh, consequences to their illegal behavior. That was a, a Hayes Commission ruling that stated that. Motion picture studios had to abide by that. They had to abide by the moral standards uh, that were the way of, 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 of the, the land. And today, it's just a free-for-all, isn't it? We obey God, not man. And in those days, there was a much more of a, a, a clear definition of right and wrong, and people lived by it. Today, you don't even know, you can say, you don't, nobody even knows right from wrong, because the world tells you do whatever you want. So, a key phrase out of today's Act of the Apostles that should be on the hearts of all of us on a regular basis as we live our lives in this world. We must obey God rather than men. We live by that. We must obey God rather than men. Let's go to Holy Father uh, today. Let me see. Was it today or was it? Um, No, I don't think it was today. See, I I read these off of the Vatican News Service, and it doesn't always have the date on it. Um, But still a good message. The Holy Father opened this particular daily mass, and I think it was earlier this week, um, as the world faces an unfamiliar silence due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Holy Father said, it is so quiet in this weather. It was raining in Rome. Now, remember, now you've seen the pictures. You've seen the video of, of vacant St. Peter's Square and Basilica. And I guess the rain just added to the, to the stillness, the quietness of this. And Holy Father said, it's so quiet in this weather, you can even hear the silence. And then Pope Francis said, may this silence, which is a bit new to what we are accustomed, teach us how to listen, that we might grow in our ability to listen. Let us pray for this. It was yesterday's, I'm sorry, it was yesterday's uh, reading, I believe. Um, The Holy Father said that the reading, it says Tuesday. Could it have been last? Could it have been uh, this past Tuesday? The Holy Father said it describes the lives of the members of that Christian community. Yes, it was this past Tuesday. They were of one heart and one mind, and nobody claimed any possession as their own. Everything was communal, and no one was in need. Pope Francis said this expression, being born from above, taken from the gospel, means being born with the strength of the Holy Spirit. We cannot take the Holy Spirit for ourselves. We can let him in and allow him to change us, work the transformation in us, this rebirth from above. This is something that I think, you know, we're all kind of in this this cocoon of sorts, aren't we? Because we're having opportunity now in where we are and how we're living, how we're being asked to live, as I said, in our beautiful little domestic churches with the people in our lives who are closest to us we've been in this situation now for probably around 6 weeks right and can we by how we lived over this time in seclusion <laughs> isolated are we allowing ourselves to be transformed in any way are we inviting the holy spirit to come in are we becoming docile to what the holy spirit can do in our lives during these times so that you know we when when this 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 I was going to say curfew this qu- curfew too this quarantine this guideline to be socially distant and self isolated eventually ends and it will end will we emerge as someone who is now transformed from the way we were you know are our priorities going to be different are our focuses going to be different are what's important to us going to be different? Is the way we react and respond to situations and people and places and things going to be different, tampered uh, by what we just went through, what we're going through? Will people return to churches in drove as people are hoping? And you like to think that people will say, you know what, I miss this. So you don't realize what you had until you don't have it. I really missed the opportunities I had to get to Mass on a daily basis, perhaps, for those of us who could go and do that, or certainly on a, on a weekly basis. And I'm going to put extra money in the basket now, because I realize that God can't be outdone in generosity, that I am thankful. We need to support our churches, our, our, our ministries, our parishes, our dioceses, our apostolates, Because these are our lifeblood during times like this. We could spend, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty of this, we could spend too much time watching cable news to see what's going on, what's happening next with the virus. Too much. We could spend too much time on social media, going through Facebook and Twitter and all that other stuff that's on there, and that we're just completely engulfed in that. Too much time. Can we maybe even at this point say, you know what, I'm going to limit my time to, as I said, you know, in the beginning, you know, you, you get up in the morning, you make breakfast, and you know, you put on, uh, you know, a newscast that lasts maybe a half hour. You get all your news, okay, shut it off. That's it. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to make this day something transforming in my life. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and work on my heart and mind so that when I emerge from this cocoon of self-isolation and social distancing, I am transformed. I entered into this situation a caterpillar, but I'm going to come out a butterfly, (laughs) which is a sign of resurrection. So we can do that. We have all resources available to us, you know, whether it's our 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 apostolate here, our radio station or ewtn or good good rock solid Catholic literature books the Bible <laughs> I mean, there's so much and people are getting creative online, you know having little uh, retreats available for you. Watch and listen to those things. The cable news will drive you nuts. the cable news will drive you drag you down into the muck and mire of the world we don't want that. We want to rise above that and, and enter into the world when this is all over. A new man, a new woman, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in how we lived. A, 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 as George Bush said, President Bush said 30 years ago, a kinder, gentler nation, a kinder, gentler person, a more faithful individual, a more loving, charitable individual. A more compassionate soul, someone who sees the the hurts in the world and wants to do something to help. You know, we hear and read about all the all the the front line uh, healthcare workers and how they're putting themselves at, at, in harm's way, at physical at f- cost of phys- physical uh, um, risk. God bless them all. You know. This is, you know a a lockdown, but we're all sitting in the comforts of our home with our feet up watching television and uh, in want of nothing, really, for the most part. Let's take this time and seize the moment, And as Holy Father said, you know, let the Holy Spirit change us, work on us, transform us. Take these days and nights and mornings. You know, I'm, I, like I said, I, and Cheryl and I talk about it. I, my, my routine has not changed. I'm still coming to the radio station every day. I'm still doing my work. So, but for Cheryl, her, her routine has changed because she's been furloughed from her church job. Many of you are working from home, so it's a totally different environment. Um, many of you, I'm sure, have been also furloughed, furloughed or unemployed. Um, things are different now, but the Lord is giving us the opportunity. As I said, once again, by placing us in our domestic churches and allowing us to uh, um, enter into this uh, time in a a special, special way. So I'm going to take a break, I think. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, well, we'll try one more thing here. We had a new computer installed today, and of course, it's gone crazy. There we go. Don't go away. Be back with more in just a bit.
1: Asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's
0: a good question. I
1: gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at ForYourMarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
0: Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio.
1: There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. Because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by
0: Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We
1: need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good
0: word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
1: The good news is that as we struggle and God pours grace into us and we correspond and we rise and we fall, rise and fall, God in his infinite mercy loves us Keeps us going, gives us strength and courage and joy. Joy. Be joyful. Go on, smile. (laughs) It won't hurt you. Even if you got a problem. Even if you got a problem, smile at your neighbor. I want you to remember a little sentence. And the sentence is this You may be the only Jesus your neighbor will ever see. I want you to know your dignity. I want you to know how great you are before God.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
1: on these
0: domestic church media stations. From Ewing to Union Beach. Heights Town to Humeville. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Burlington to Bradley Beach. Seagirt to Spotswood. Domestic Church Catholic Radio proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All righty, welcome back on this April 23rd, 2020. I'm hoping you're having a blessed day and thanking you for taking some time out of your day and out of the busyness of your day to share with me. We're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment or two. Uh, But before we do that, again, my friends, I want to thank all of you who uh, are supporting us during these very difficult times for so many people I know. um, Thank you for that. It means a lot because we can't do any of this without you. We, We count on you. Uh, Our bills keep coming in, and uh, I just invite you, please, if you've not had a chance yet to support us, won't you please consider doing so. Uh, And I know it's tough for uh, so many of you now uh, because of the unemployment situation and businesses closing and everything's changing, you know, and we did put off our Radiothon, uh, postponed it. It was uh, due to have been um, on April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd but certainly not an appropriate time uh, given the uh, current uh, situation in our country and around the world. So we, we postponed it. We didn't cancel it. We had to postpone it. But it is our major fundraiser of the year, and we count on that Radiothon to um, carry us through, because um, we have it in the spring, to carry us through then through, through the summer. We didn't have the Radiothon, and uh, I don't know that we'll have it before the summer. So we're going to ask you, please, to just help us in any way you can. No amount is too small, no amount too great. You can write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton. Or go right to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button and make a donation with your debit or credit card. Or if you have our mobile app, there's a donate option there as well on our app um, but if you can help us out we know that it's tough for some people right now we understand that um, and thanks to all of you who are uh, supporting us because again we, we can't you know we're, we're not commercial we can't sell we can't sell uh airtime it's it's all non-profit and commercial free so we have to count on you uh to help us so just and one thing you could do is, is spread the word about the radio station people are looking for for things like this now i've I've heard from some people over the past couple of weeks uh, who are new listeners, which is great, and um, I'm praying that our listenership is going up, because that means more people will pray for us, and more people, hopefully, will support us. So spread the word, you know, encourage people, you know, get a group, we can't get a group together, can you? Or you can do that Zoom thing, maybe, and and pray the rosary with Father Groeschel in the morning at 9.30, or uh, the chaplet at 3, you know, you can do that that Zoom on there, that looks like the Brady Bunch, you know. (laughs) Anyway, so thank you for all of that, and, and, and please pray for us, um, and um, we're praying for you. I assure you of that. Okay, so we'll go to the Catechism, and, you know, we, back in Lent, we went to the section of the Catechism on the mysteries of Jesus' life, and of course, now we know, here we are in the Easter season, celebrating uh, his resurrection, and with paragraph 642, our Catechism says, everything that happened during those Paschal days involves each of the apostles, and Peter in particular. In the building of the new era uh, and the building of the new era that began on Easter morning. As witnesses of the risen one, they remain the foundation stones of his church. The faith of the first community of believers is based on the witness of concrete men known to the Christians and for the most part still living among them. Peter and the Twelve are the primary witnesses to his resurrection, but they are not the only ones. St. Paul speaks clearly of more than 500 persons to whom Jesus appeared on a single occasion, and also of James and all of the apostles. So you think about those days uh, immediately following the resurrection, where Peter and the apostles were witnesses to the risen Christ, but not only they, as the Catechism says. St. Paul speaks very clearly that our Lord did appear to more than 500 people on a single occasion. Uh, So, others saw the risen Lord. Now, paragraph 643 says, Given all of these testimonies, Christ's resurrection cannot be interpreted as something outside the physical order, and it's it's impossible not to acknowledge it as an historical fact. It's clear from the facts that the disciples' faith was drastically put to the test by their master's passion and death on the cross— which he had foretold, and we know, you know, we just came out of that. We had the Passion on on Palm Sunday, on Good Friday. We know the story, how the apostles scattered, uh, their faith was shaken uh, and put to the test during that Passion and Crucifixion. The Catechism says, The shock provoked by the Passion was so great, at least some of the disciples did not at once believe in the news of the Resurrection. Far from showing us a community seized by a mystical exaltation, the gospel presents us with disciples demoralized and frightened, for they had not believed the holy women returning from the tomb and had regarded their works as idle tales. And when Jesus reveals himself to the eleven on Easter evening, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And this is this is human nature. This is the reality of, of the situation, the, the reality of these men who, even though they traveled with our Lord for three years during his public ministry and saw all the miracles, the healings, and heard the words, especially, and were told <laughs> that there would be a resurrection, still didn't believe it. They had seen our Lord go through the horrible passion and then crucified and they saw his lifeless body and placed it in a tomb. But the catechism reminds us that when he revealed himself, when our Lord went to reveal himself to the 11 remaining apostles on that Easter evening, he as it says, upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And paragraph 644 says, Even when faced with the reality of the risen Jesus, the disciples are still doubtful. So impossible did the thing seem. They thought they were seeing a ghost. In their joy, they were still disbelieving and still wondering. Thomas will also experience the test of doubt, and St. Matthew relates that during the risen Lord's last appearance in Galilee, some doubted. Therefore, the hypotheses that the resurrection was produced by the apostles' faith or will, will not hold up. On the contrary, their faith in the resurrection was born under the action of divine grace from their direct experience of the reality of the risen Lord. Well, you think about, talking about transformation. <laughs> you, know, you think about those apostles on Good Friday— and those apostles after Pentecost, every single one of them, except St. John, died a martyr's death. And, you, you know, we hear it all the time. You know, for those ten and, you know, countless numbers of others over the past 2,000 years, but especially those first apostles— who uh, were accused of perpetuating a hoax. His followers came and stole the body in the middle of the night. And that's the story that, that went around. Because there was no human explanation for an empty tomb. So his followers must have come and taken the body. The same followers who three days earlier, ran and hid during the crucifixion. Wanted no part of it. Peter didn't even know who he was. I don't know that guy. I don't know him. They would be all of a sudden become so bold to go and, 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 and rob the grave with Roman guards there in front of it, protecting it. And even after uh, Good Friday, you know, the, the apostles were hiding in the upper room behind locked doors, Jesus had to walk through the locked door when he first came to them. So why would these if it was that if if it had been a hoax why would these men give up their lives the way they did horrible crucifixions and 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 martyrdom doesn't make any sense does it Paragraph six forty five says. By means of touch and sharing of a meal, the risen Jesus establishes direct contact with the disciples. He invites them in this way to recognize that he's not a ghost, and above all, to verify that the risen body in which he appears to them is the same body that had been tortured and crucified, for it still bears the traces of of his passion. Yet at the same time, this authentic, real body possesses the new properties of a glorious body. And this is what I, I love this because... This awaits all of us. One day in heaven, we will have a glorified body, the body we have now, but glorified. All the imperfections are gone. Remember yesterday as we shared the stories of uh, St. Teresa of Avila and her visions of, of uh, individuals she knew who had passed away, who were, whose souls were rising up to heaven. Well, one day, as you know, our immortal soul will be reunited with our recreated body. God created the human person, body and soul, so our body and soul will be reunited as he intended it to be, only in a glorified state. And the the, uh, Catechism now talking about our Lord, this real body that Jesus had, this is the body that was crucified. He said, you see the wounds in my hand and my, my feet and my side. But it possesses new properties as well, the new properties of a glorified body, not limited by space and time, but to be able to be present how and when he wills. For Christ's humanity can no longer be confined to earth and belongs henceforth only to the Father's divine realm. For this reason, too, the risen Jesus enjoys the sovereign freedom of appearing as he wishes, in the guise of a gardener, or in the forms familiar to his disciples, precisely to awaken their faith. Christ's resurrection was not a return to earthly life, as was the case with the raising of the de- from the dead that he had had performed before Easter. Jairus's daughter, the young man in name, uh, Lazarus. These actions were miraculous events, but the persons miraculously raised returned by Jesus' power to ordinary earthly life. At some particular moment, they would die again, the Catechism says. Christ's resurrection is essentially different. In his risen body, he passes from the state of death to another life beyond time and space. And there too, my friends, you know, we talk about our passing from this life into the next. We talk about physical death. No one, I think, you know, Most people, if not all people, fear the process of dying. How will this happen? Will it hurt? Will it be tragic? Will it be sudden? Will it be lingering? But we're all going to go through it. And the believers understand that it is just a point of transition, When we transition from this life into the next, and you know, unless we're around for the second coming, if we're if we're alive when Jesus comes again, we're not going to die. We're not going to suffer a physical death. But if we're not there for that great and glorious second coming, we will die a mortal death. We will take our last breath. Our eyes will close for the last time. Our heart will beat. It's one last beat. And our soul will leave the body and enter into God's presence. And our bodies will be revered, in a sense. That's why we have wakes and why bodies are, are, are treated the way they're treated and, and and buried the way they're buried. Especially in, in the church, where we, we understand that the human body is... As a faithful Catholic, you know, we were a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we treat the body that way. With with enormous respect and reverence. But we know that it's gone. The body is, is dead. The soul has moved on. The life within that body, the, the mortal soul infused by Almighty God at the moment of our conception, lives on forever. So we don't die, we just are born into eternal life when we leave this world. And Jesus, in his resurrection, of course, he, as God, you know, was resurrected from the dead. Mary, our blessed mother, she was assumed, not by her power, but by God's power, body and soul into heaven. So she, too, has the glorious body in, in heaven. She could not undergo corruption because she was without sin and so her entire body was assumed into heaven but she too now we know by those approved apparitions that she she comes and she she can uh, there's no she's not limited by time and space and he's able she's able as, as our lord is to be present when and how god wills for blessed mother and, and our lord on his own will And so these, these realities of existence, you know this beautiful season that we find ourselves in, this beautiful season of Easter, every year reminds us of our destiny, where we are meant to be. And that, yes, certainly we mourn the passing in the physical death of family and loved ones and friends and acquaintances. But we do believe with all our heart without a doubt that it is not a permanent separation. It's only temporary. And as St. Paul says, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what awaits us. Something so magnificent, so awesome, that it it's beyond the the, the limitations of the human mind. But it's it's a reality. It's real. It's going to happen. We're going to have the opportunity to spend eternity, a life that never ends. You know we we see today and you know we live in this this darkness today. This darkness of a of a of a pandemic of a virus that is taking a toll on the human race. And people are afraid. And people are 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 anxious. They're frightened. And I think a lot of that, as I've said, you know, follow the government guidelines. But I still think there's been a lot of overhype by the media trying to scare us. I think they they need news, not diminishing the seriousness of the virus itself, but I'm 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 I, I look at the the reaction of the people based on what the media tells them and how they tell them to react. But it is a reality, and it's a very serious reality. I heard uh, one of the doctors say, you know, this, this, this particular virus is three times more contagious than the normal flu. Well, I, I understand that. And people are dying from it, sadly, tragically. But we are people of hope. We are people of trust, of faith. We, 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 we know that God is in control and God is in charge. And we know that whether it be at, at the hands of the coronavirus or some other disease or just old age, we're going to die. as yes, God allows it. God's will be done. And we're all headed in the same direction with the same, the same end. We're all going to leave this world one way at one time or another. And we mustn't be afraid of it. Our faith, especially during this beautiful Easter season, teaches us that life goes on. Life in the next life, in the next world, in a world that is, by just its very definition, heaven, paradise. But we can't walk around looking over our shoulders and, and, you know, you do what you have to do to just like you would anything else to protect yourself, to keep yourself healthy and safe. But the mental attitude toward all of this can be very, very manipulated by a sensationalist media. <laughs> Trust me, I know. How many, you know, how, no matter what, you see those scrolling death numbers every time you turn on the TV, and the first story of any newscast is how many more people have died. When we know there are more people recovering than there are dying. That's a fact. And we know there are more people who, who have it or have had it, many more people compared to those who have died. People die. But getting it is not a death sentence. In fact, 98 to 99% of people who get it will not die. But we mustn't be afraid. We have Jesus in this time of life, this time of resurrection, this time of hope, this time of Easter. We mustn't allow ourselves to be dragged down and have that joy robbed from us by fear. You know, we we live this life, and we know that God will only will only allow things to happen to bring about a greater good. And so, we hear the statistics, we hear the numbers, we 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 see the news reports, we see the the, the theories and the hypotheses, and just rejoice in the risen Lord. Stay close to Jesus, and we'll be okay. And as the catechism taught today, you know our Lord teaches us that just by His appearance to the apostles, this this awaits all of you. I have conquered sin. I've conquered death, and you can live forever. God created us to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life, so that we can be happy with him forever in the next. So let's rejoice in that. It's a, it's a, a time in our liturgical calendar that should be a time of great joy and great hope and great feasting and, and, and rejoicing. And this worldly situation can be dragging people down, but don't let it. Don't let it. You know, those church doors will open again. We will one day again be able to go to Holy Communion. We will one day again be able to receive the sacraments. We'll one day again be able to go to Holy Mass, to sing those beautiful hymns and songs of praise during liturgy and to to be a community of believers together again in the same building. Okay, I'm going to have to head on out of here. Now, tomorrow, uh, join Cheryl and me. We're going to uh, welcome our friend Claire Dwyer who's going to talk about isolation and she's written a new uh, column on that and it's based on her conversation with some cloistered nuns so (laughs) if anybody knows isolation is a cloistered nuns so anyway join us tomorrow four o'clock shuttle will be here we have music all kinds of stuff uh have a great rest of your day my name is jim manfredonia thanks for listening god bless you and god love you